And that's your first question every time you have a decision to make. You stand at the crossroads, and you wonder which way to go. And your question is, which way will please the Lord? That will control your thinking. It will drive you to your knees and say, Lord, open to my mind what is right. Lead me in your book, in your word, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then you have the flip side, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We don't want to be fools. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. Christian service is our theme, and I trust that you are not only saved, but that you are serving, and that you recognize that God has not only created you for His glory, but He has saved you in mercy that you might bring honor and praise to His great name. You are now a New Testament and living priest to tell of Jesus, the mighty to save, and of course to use all your faculties to worship and serve Him. Are you dedicated to the Lord? Let me ask you that question just point blank. I'm looking you in the eye, as it were, as I sit behind this microphone, and I'm asking you, are you dedicated to the Lord Jesus? Or are you living for yourself? Have you got an agenda that's outside the gospel? An agenda that's a separate personal agenda, uh, not even in relation to God? One way of knowing if we be in the will of God is, can you pray for God's blessing upon this matter? And is this goal or work something you can pray, Lord, use this for your glory? Today we're going to be looking at another proverb, and of course these proverbs are very searching because they not only have heavenly truth, but they are practical. They are where the Christian walks and where the rubber meets the road, and so this is very searching. We have Alan McGill to sing again, I will greet the day with singing. May the Lord make us happy Christians, happy and holy and happy because we're holy. And may the grace of God flow through our lives to those who are in need of the Savior. This is Ian Golliher. Thank you for joining with us on the program today. Stay tuned right through as we let the Bible speak today. Children that are raised to be unmanageable and unteachable. You just talk to school teachers and employers when young men and women come into the workforce. What is the problem, the biggest problem with the workforce? Pride. The, the inability to follow instruction. The, the unwillingness to follow this instruction. Now, I'm not talking about when you go to Ikea and you buy that little you know, piece of furniture and the, your wife holds the instruction manual and you've got the screwdriver and she's telling you where to put the, the, the screws and all of that. We men like to think we can do it without the instructions. But that spirit, unwillingness to listen to instruction is a huge problem. When you become a Christian, 
and you bow the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, what are you saying? You're saying, Lord, you teach me. You lead me. You guide me. And it now becomes the fear, the reverence of the Lord that rules your life. A whole different attitude comes in. And that's why you need to bow the knee and surrender your all to the Lord Jesus, that you might begin to drink at the fountain of life. Now, the fear of the Lord is valuable because it enables men to heed the warning to flee from wrath to come. Look at verse 23 in this chapter. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make known my words unto you. That's God's promise. He doesn't leave us in the dark. He gives us reproof. He gives us instruction. And then verse 24, because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. And so you see that the reverence, the fear of the Lord is valuable because we listen to the warnings and we recognize that judgment may come and the wrath of God may fall. I cannot help but think of Noah and the world in which he lived in this area. God sent Noah, preacher of righteousness, to preach for a hundred years before the flood came. Men in their pride and their folly mocked and scorned God's man and God's message. And they were wiped away. From my notes, from past preaching on these proverbs, I was reminded of Hurricane Katrina which took place in New Orleans in 2005, August 2005, when 1,883 people died either in the storms or in the flooding after those levees broke and the city was flooded. You remember people in their attics, the water was coming up around them. There were preachers in New Orleans preaching against the sin of the city, sodomy, the wickedness of the city. God's judgment came. Now, I know that the same sins can be found in San Francisco and Vancouver and New York and London and the great cities of this world and so many places. That's God's mercy that his judgment does not come at any moment. But when we warn men that God will judge sin, they will not take reproof. Will you? Will you allow the fear of the Lord to control your decision about fleeing to the Lord for salvation, giving up sin, which God will judge? The fear of the Lord is valuable when it comes to departing from sin. And that fear of the Lord is also valuable because it gives us a real appreciation for the cross of Christ. Ah, my goal in the Proverbs is to get to the cross. And when the fear of the Lord is ruling your heart, you appreciate that God, instead of sending wrath upon sinners, sent his Son to die on that cross, that by his sacrifice, his blood, 
sinners may find refuge and salvation. And I want to point you today to the way of the cross. Do you know that no one will ever become a Christian without the fear of the Lord? No one will believe from the heart that they're a sinner and they need to be saved from judgment unless the fear of the Lord is ruling them. And so the fear of the Lord is really a help and a handmaid to preach the cross. No one will want to hear of a suffering Savior who can cleanse us from our sins if they are not convicted about the guilt of their sin. And so the fear of the Lord is very valuable. Now I come, and I move quickly now, to this need to grow in the fear of the Lord in your daily life. If you're saved and you're a Christian and you're trying to make some progress in the Christian life, then you will want to grow. Now, to grow as a Christian means that you're going to be growing in this area of greater fear, greater sensitivity to the truth of God's character. Now, to grow in the fear of the Lord, we need more dealings with Him. We need more time with the Lord. We need more one-to-one -one experience with the Lord. I think of Moses. Moses who prayed, Lord, show me thy glory. Show me thy glory. Do you ever pray that prayer? Oh, if God showed us his glory, we would be like Moses on that mount. We would need a veil to cover our face. We would say, it's enough. I can't take your glory anymore. Dealings with God means we grow in reverence. Think of David, the shepherd boy amongst the sheep. And God was preparing that young man to be the king of Israel, the best of all kings. What great dealings David had with the Lord as the shepherd. When you read through the Psalms of David, we certainly know Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And uh, he talks about, I shall not fear. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And because he communed with God, because he had fellowship with God in, in those quiet times, David grew in this respect. Then Daniel. What a great example of this Daniel is. In Babylon, in a heathen place, a man who wanted to walk with God no matter the cost. Dare to be a Daniel. You remember he daily he prayed three times, morning, noon, and night. It got him into trouble, but he feared God more than the heathen king in Babylon. We read in Daniel 10, verse 10. Maybe you'd look it up. Let's take change of posture a moment and look up Daniel chapter 10. And verse 10. I'm a great believer in the eye gate in preaching. When you see it in the Bible, uh, as I read it, it's going to mean a whole lot more to you. Daniel 10, verse 10. Oh, verse 6. Well, let me get it myself here. I thought I had it all in my notes, but I don't. 
Daniel 10, let's begin at verse 6. <clears throat> his body was like a burl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms were uh, his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. Daniel had a revelation of the uh, beauty of these things. Then, in verse 7, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. You see what, the, what encountering the Lord does? Do you see how an experience or communion with the living God does to human flesh? His own comeliness became as corruption. You see how the pride of man is, is abased? And, and in his own strength, he retained no strength. He felt weak in the presence of the glory of the Lord. Yet I heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Do we not see the value of the fear of the Lord, the need for it? And verse 12, Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Daniel was a man of prayer. Daniel was a man who had communion with God. Daniel had encounter with God. And the more that God revealed himself to Daniel, the humbler he felt he must be, and his own strength without of him. So if we are to grow in the fear of the Lord, we need one-to-one -one time with God. Do you pray? Do you pray in the closet? Do you pray alone? Do you pray that God may meet with you? That's how to grow in the fear of the Lord. It comes with earnest prayer. To grow in the fear of the Lord, we also need more caution to enjoy His graces. What am I getting at? There is a danger that we grieve the Spirit of God. There is a danger that God stops speaking to us. In Psalm 28, 1, the Psalm of David, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest I, if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Now there's fear. The fear that God leaves us like the wicked. Fear that we end up in the pit. That's godly fear. And that's good fear. That's healthy fear in the heart of the Christian. I don't want to be treated like the ungodly. I don't want to be left abandoned by God to the end of the wicked. Lord, I want to walk with you. 
I want to have communion and fellowship with you. And this is the fear of the Lord. Speak to me, speak to me. Now, we are not like Pentecostals who are always saying, you know, God told me that I should get up and make a cup of tea this morning. God told me to go and buy a new car, and God said that it should be a Honda Accord, a red one, just like the preacher's. God told me all these details. Pentecostals are always talking about God speaking to them. Well, there are many things that Pentecostals do that God never told them to do. Many, many things. And sometimes people get into business relations and business activity and so on, and it all falls apart. And they say, well, God told me. God doesn't speak in that way. God doesn't tell you you should drink tea and not coffee. Now, the dietitians might try to tell you which is better. Your mom might try to tell you which is better. But God doesn't speak to us in those ways. But when you read his word, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. When you humble yourself before God and you say, Now, Lord, you are my God. You've promised to guide me. And I'm going to look at this decision from the pros and the cons, and I'm going to weigh up what is going to be good for my soul, what's going to help me to have a godly testimony, what is going to make me a stronger Christian. That's the way I want to make my decisions. And God might open up his word, and there might be a word for that day, which might say, as we say here in... um, Verse 10, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Now, that's God speaking to me. If you're into making a decision and sinners are enticing thee, consent thou not. And we want God to speak to us. And so we grow in the fear of the Lord by seeking his word, seeking his word. And there is a direct correlation between our obedience to the Word and the fear of the Lord. Now, I've got only about three minutes left, but I want us to read Deuteronomy 6, verse 2. And I want us to see the link between the fear of the Lord and the Word, the commandments of the Lord. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 2 that thou mightest fear the Lord. It's God's instruction to his people, and he wants them to fear the Lord thy God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thee, thou, and thy son, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Do you see how the fear of the Lord leads to? How do you grow in the fear of the Lord? You grow in his word. You grow in obedience. You grow in following his instruction in his commands. Then Deuteronomy 6.13, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. See how the honor of his name, serving him, fearing him, these things go together. And then also verse 24 of this chapter. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always. Now, Christian, if you want God to bless you, 
If you are saying the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it, if you want God's blessing, then you will fear him, you will love his word to do all his statutes for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day, and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. Some people think that you can throw away the Bible and still have his blessing. Can't do it. Can't do it. Now, I know you don't find Bibles in garbage cans. And people don't literally throw away their Bibles just like a piece of dirt. But many abandon the Bible. And they cease to live the Christian life by the Bible. Some new gimmick, some new fad, some new idea comes along. They fall into it. They run after it to their sorrow. They lose the fear of the Lord, and it leads to great grief. So we need to examine ourselves. Are we growing in the fear of the Lord? Can you answer that question today? Can you say, yes, preacher, I am actually, I am actually showing some little signs, at least, of growing in the fear of the Lord. Three pointers, by growing delight and loyalty to his word. I will tell you if you're growing in the fear of the Lord. By growing in delight in God's Son, you can say, I, I have greater love, I have greater devotion, greater fellowship with my Lord Jesus, then you are growing in the fear of the Lord. And by a growing delight in his service, I want my life to be for his glory. And it's to lay your all on the altar of service and sacrifice. And your prayer is that God may mold you and fashion you to be useful to him. That's growing in the fear of the Lord. I pray that God gives us each grace to really so fear him. We can only do it by the power and anointing of the Spirit. And so, pray that nothing in your life grieves the Spirit of God. Nothing. Not even a little thing. And that you walk with Him in love, devotion, which displays that desire to reverence Him. Holy fear, godly fear, gospel fear, the fear of the Lord. We don't change the word. We just want to understand what it means. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise instruction. I pray today that you will trust the Lord. I will greet the day with singing. I will meet the dawn with joy. I will praise the Lord of life all day long. I will greet the day with singing, I will meet the dawn with joy, for the Lord has put within my heart a song. Each day is like a new adventure, I am never bored. The little things in life have meaning since I've known the Lord. In Him I'm finding great fulfillment, life seems so worthwhile. So in spite of difficulties, 
I have learned to smile. I will greet the day with singing. I will meet the dawn with joy. I will praise the Lord of life all day long. I will greet the day with singing. I will meet the dawn with joy. For the Lord is put within my heart a song. I know a day is never perfect. Problems come and go. The Lord has promised to be with me, and I've found it so. With Him, all things in life have meaning. God is in control. So a song of joy is planted deep within my soul. I will greet the day with singing. I will meet the dawn with joy. I will praise the Lord of life all day long. I will greet the day with singing. I will meet the dawn with joy. For the Lord is put within my heart a song. For the Lord has put within my heart a song. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Gallagher. I have another missionary story I want to share with you. A missionary taking up his work in a strange land began at once to tell his listeners of Jesus. He told of the selfless love, infinite compassion, and tenderness, and the healing power of Christ. He was pleased to see the interest his words awakened. He noticed the nods and the smiles of his audience as he told of the man who went about doing good. Finally, he asked how many had ever heard of this man, and the response was eager and complete. It seemed they all knew him. Upon further inquiry, he found out they were thinking of a Christian doctor who had lived among them at one time and had ministered to them in sickness and health. Yes, they said, we knew him well, that man. Oh, so to live that even the unlearned and untaught may recognize the Christ-likeness in our lives. This is what he wants, and this is what we should strive for. I hope that today that your life is telling for the Savior, that wherever you go and whoever may be watching you, and remember that Christians are read more than Bibles. Yes, you ought to be a walking, living New Testament, that others will know that the God of heaven is real, that the Lord Jesus lives in you through your deeds, your kindness, your countenance, your words, your compassion. May the Lord mold us, change us to be more like him, that others may know that Jesus lives and this gospel message is true. And praise God, it is. It really is. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.lbc.com. 
tbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.